Hello, everyone. Welcome to our first episode of Up the Ante. I'm your host, Dr. Alex Iannucci, joined by my co-host, Sydney Lobosco. Hey, Sydney. Hey. <laughs> On this episode of Up the Ante, Sydney and I will introduce ourselves, provide context to why we're even here, lay foundation for our future episodes, and our goal is to really help you get to know who we are as thought partners and understand what drives our organization and desire to create positive change in the world. You'll learn new ways of discussing complex topics and find a community with us as we navigate the intricacies of the world. We are on this journey with you, and we welcome you to Up the Ante. Woohoo! So, hey, Sid. <coughs> I'm so excited to be here with you specifically, um, but I'd love everyone to hear a little bit about who you are. So, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself. Totally. I'm so excited, too. I'm We've so been excited. talking oh about my gosh, this it's for been a so year. Yes. long. I'm really happy that we're here. <laughs> Me, too. Um, but, yeah, my name is Sydney Labosco. My pronouns are they and she, which means that when you're talking to your friends about our podcast, the wisdom, the brilliance that I'm sharing with you, you can call me they, you can call me she, both are welcomed. Um, but yeah, I've been with Blueprint for a couple of years, three, four years now. Yeah. And I was th like telling Alex that in my intro, I probably should be saying what my job title is. But I've really been dragging my feet on what that job title is supposed to be because... I've been asking you for a full year. Yeah, you have. You absolutely have. But the hierarchies and names and the language that we use, like, isn't fitting with me. And I have to figure out what it is still. So stick around. Maybe I'll figure out what my job title will be. But um, yeah, being a part of Blueprint has been amazing. I get to help with being a thought partner to Alex, working with our clients, building content, and finding ways to take what we do, how we see the world, and figure out ways to make it relatable and accessible and actually transformative, where it actually starts to change our perspective on the world, which is a fun task I love doing. <laughs> um, and you're also my right hand person. So, yeah. you know, wh while we figure that title out together, yeah. you're also my my most important asset in that thinking for sure. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I'm also a Leo sun, Taurus moon. <laughs> Those are really important to me. Um, I'm a professor and I really enjoy being in these conversations. So we'll get to more about me in a minute. Mm. Absolutely. But I really think we will have to start with talking about how we did get here. So we talked about just before, it's been a long time coming. Mm. We've been really excited about this. Mm. But how did we get here? And I think the best way for us to talk about that is to start with your story, because Blueprint, mm. this whole journey that we've been on together really started with your vision yeah. for this company and your vision for how you want to like, interact with the world. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good it's a good question. So I I mean I've owned a business for I think you know this for about fifteen years. Yeah. But I just decided to do it full time in the last year. Yeah. Um. So you know I've always done work on the side. I think that as a, an employee in the world, I never felt like I was really getting seen professionally or like ideas maybe weren't being um, used in the organizations that I was working for. Yeah. So I I always found a way to have that outlet on the side you know, doing lectures and training and, you know, consulting with people on really creating inclusive workplace practices. Totally. You know, I identify uh, as transgender and in the LGBTQ community. So Ow. <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah. I use he and they pronouns. Um, and so for me, there was always, you know, this this opportunity to create inclusive practice in the workplace and really champion it. Totally. You know, I think that I always was noticing that 
I, I felt like the solutions were clear. You know, mm. I, I am someone that's like, I see it. Yeah. This is how we do it. Right. And the response would always be, great ideas next fiscal year or great ideas maybe next strategic plan in mm. five years. Right. So it started to like really get to me a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and then it, my business was growing. Right. Like I think people feel like there's a need to talk about inclusive workplace practices. They need support in having dialogue and conversations and strategy around practices of creating inclusion for people. It's, we're living in a time where it's so mm. polarized. Totally. And and it's scary for people. They're scared to mess up. They're scared to talk about things. Mm. And I feel like the solution isn't to divide. It's to be together. Yeah. And so I would just, I don't know, they just got traction. And then, you know, I think over the last few years with, you know, the impact of COVID, mm -hmm. with the impact of George Floyd's murder mm -hmm. and just the racial reckoning of our moment and of our time, there's been these like amplified, amplified, you know, voices around. Yeah. We've had enough. <laughs> And we really have to do better. And so, you know, we've just it kind of we decided to go full time with Blueprint last yeah. year. So this is our year. Yeah, this I know. Is like it's a been a year culmination right here. It has been. It's been a fantastic year. Yeah. And it's funny that you bring up not funny, but it's intentional that you bring up COVID and the murder of George Floyd, yes. because you've been doing this work for 15 years. I'm a couple of years just into it. Right. And it was at that moment that really gave me pause to reflect on what I was doing. At the time, I was doing mm. more so event planning. I was helping um, student organizations at colleges uh, oh, right. create programming for themselves. And it's amazing work to be able to connect with young people who are trying to mm. find their voice and to plan and to be a part of that development. But there was a moment when that racial reckoning was really salient in my experience. And I just paused and mm. I looked around and I was like, what the heck am I doing? Like, oh my I, gosh. my calling is so much deeper than how I'm engaging with the world. Yeah. And I had a sense of responsibility to use my talents, my gifts, my mm. um, my eth like my work ethic to have like intentional effort towards that bridge building that you were just talking about. I think that's why we work well together. <laughs> well, we work well together for a lot of reasons. But yeah, I think that's one of them. And I think, you know, for, for me during that time, I kept hearing so many people who are well-intended, mm -hmm. right, have good intentions, who would say, I had, you know, it's just, things have just, like all of this is happening for the first time, all of this conflict. And I think to, to your point about this responsibility, I'm like, no, people have been experiencing discrimination their whole life. You just might now see it. Totally. And we have an obligation when we see things, mm -hmm. in my opinion, right? Uh, you know, when we see things, yeah. we can't look away. And, right. And I just, I feel so connected to the work to say, you know, I have a voice in this. Yeah. I want to help people help other people. And, you know, I think, you know, as a business, that's really central to our work where we're saying, right, talk to us, be really honest with us. We want a relationship with you. We want to talk to you. We want to understand the why. Mm -hmm. Right. We're not a Band-Aid organization in any way. No, but we're really trying to. So sorry, babes, if that's what you're thinking <laughs> yeah, that we're, we're going to give you. We're not coming in once Ooh, a year. It's going to be the transformative moment. And we want it to be right. We yeah. want to know why are you not like this is what it means to be discriminatory, which is important, mm -hmm. but why are you? <clears throat> like what is happening here? Because we have to we have to really resolve it. Right. But I've just found, you know, in so many organizations that people, they say they're talking about it. Right? Yeah. They say they're doing it, but no one's holding them accountable. And the harm that that has re really created for employees right. is big. 
totally. know, we're seeing it in people leaving the workforce. You know, I think there's this reputation that people don't want to work. I disagree. They just they don't want to work for places where they don't feel like they're thriving. Yeah. And there, there are solutions. Sorry, God. No, Jump this in. is what I was going to say, in. because you know how I feel about <laughs> our concepts of work and people are interested in being seen for their humanity for being seen as a holistic person. Right. And so I think it really requires us to interrogate yes. what are we expecting people to do at work when they're working and as a worker. Right. And if that if we're centering them as a worker, already missed the boat. Yes. We have to see them as human beings first. And that is, you know, if we when, when we, you know, and a part of our show is really going to have, you know, very broad range of perspective, right? We're totally. going to have people that agree with us. We are going to have people that don't agree with us. You know, yeah. I'm someone, you know, we always laugh because we're 10 years apart. Yeah. And I'm raised by boomers, right? So talking to my parents about, you know, seeing the employee for the human takes them a minute. Right? For sure. They're just like, hold on. What is it? What do you mean when you say that? Like, for sure. We're not just going to work. Mm-hmm. You know, people, because people are being harmed at work, right? Yeah. And so there's this obligation to really start thinking uh, holistically, organizationally, yeah, um, about what kindness means through a practice and right. policy. And I again, back to the original question, I just was shocked mm-hmm. at, um, again, I think people mean well. I, I think in the work that we do, for me, it's been important to always hold hope. Yeah. Right. Like I don't want to feel like people don't want to do the right thing. So I'm always going to be ho- you'll hear that a lot in my language, like this hopefulness. Yeah. And this like giving grace and kindness. <laughs> And it can't be at the expense of people. Yeah. And so I think it just, it, it was enough. And so it felt important to like start building a team of champions. Yeah. Just like, nope. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Not working. When we, you might not like it, but right. it doesn't work. And right. someone has to say it doesn't work. Period. Period. Say it again, actually. <laughs> someone needs to say it does not work and be confident. And again, there's a lot of, you know, privilege and we'll talk about this too. Confidence yeah. in saying to the people in charge, right. you're not doing your job. Mm-hmm. Again, there's a lot to unpack there. I understand that. Yeah. But someone's got to say it. And it takes a level of courage. Yeah. Uh, um, which we talk about. We talk about, we talk a, about, lot. about this as, a lot. <laughs> as we were, as you were inviting me in to the conversation about what does it mean to be a part of Blueprint? What are mm. the things that we really stand for? Yes. Courage was huge. And as we've talked about many times, and I'm sure we will get into in later episodes, um, there is a relationship between courage and power and privilege. Totally. Um, and how that looks. So that's also, yes, <laughs> we're, we're holding that at the same time, but um, that's relevant for us to talk about. You said something earlier about um, how people are having good intention and how they're making meaning out of things. And so Mm. I wanted to highlight one of the ways that I kind of interpret that. And then I wanted to ask you a question about the things that inform how you come to understand that. Mm. Because for me, um, a lot of my background and my study has been in social psychology. Right. And so I know that we Ah, always are bringing that. This is good. Yeah. yeah, We're always bringing that to our conversation. Because that's not my background. No. Which is really funny in this Which is my question for you. (laughs) I was like, what is your background? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. So... So say yours again. So when we're thinking about, I ask this question a lot when I'm working with people and I'm facilitating workshops and opportunities for learning around these topics. And I'll ask people, how do we make meaning of the disparities that we're seeing? Mm. Because we see them. We are acknowledging them in our spaces. And we have to, as you just named, do something one up, one better. Sure. And do something about it. And so Mm. our brains do this really cool thing where 
when we see the disparity, there's a couple of options that we have. Basically, what happens is something called dissonance. Right. Here's how I thought the world was. Yep. Here's who I am as a self-concept. My values. I'm a good person. Mm. That's here. Mm-hmm. Uh, for folks who are listening on, yeah. I'm holding my fists up. I'm Italian-American. The only way I know how to speak Same. <laughs> is with my hands. Yes. And so I'm gesturing that with my left hand, I'm holding all of these things. Yes. And in my right hand, I'm holding the disparities that I'm seeing, mm. the inconsisten- inconsistencies in my own behavior. Mm. And now I am putting my fists together and there's friction. I'm rubbing them against each other because those two things are in conflict. Totally. And when that happens... Our brains have a couple of options. One, we can double down. Totally. <laughs> we can just be like, this is exactly what it is. I am a good person. This is exactly Boom. how I'm showing up. Yep. Okay. Work. Which I think many people do. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. We're yeah. going to talk you through. <laughs> We're going to talk you through. <laughs> yeah. um, one of the other things we can do is be open to something different. Yeah. How do we allow a little bit more humility, Mm. a little bit more reflection Mm. to see those opportunities of dissonance between our ideal self and our actual self as an opportunity to actually be more aligned with our ideal selves instead of being fearful Mm. of living in the reality of not being our actual self? So that's some of the ways that social psychologists have started to unpack how such harm can be done in the world and it still perpetuates itself mm-hmm. from a an individual perspective and the cognition that's happening in our brains. So that's one of the lenses that I bring. Right. And I wanted to ask you, what are the lenses that you bring? Sure. And I also wanted to make sure that in this, you're giving folks an opportunity to understand what's your discipline? Mm-hmm. Doctor mm-hmm. Alex Iannucci, mm-hmm. um, what's your doctorate in? Well, before I answer your question, <laughs> I also want to say, you know, for us, you're going to hear a lot of this back and forth with us in our episodes where we are, we find community together, yeah. right? And so we also want to hear from you because I think something that we talk about often, so I'll get to your question, Sydney, in a second, but sure. I think people are feeling like they can't talk to anybody about these things or Oof. they can't talk to anybody. And if they want to talk to someone, they don't, they might not know everything. So they're mm-hmm. nervous to do it. So we just want to welcome you in, you know, we're going to put our, you know, our LinkedIn handles and our social media handles, you know, in the, in the notes after this episode, but please get in touch with us because we want to build this community with you. Absolutely. So back to your question. Yes. What was the question? The question is, what are some That's of right. the ways in which you approach this work? Like what's the sure. framework or the the context that you're coming in with that helps you investigate and decipher these issues, sure. these points of tension that we all sit with? Yeah. And I'm hoping that you also take this opportunity to talk about what your doctorate is in and how sure. that informs mm. How you do this work? Well, I think one of the reasons why we like processing together is because we do enter from different places. You yeah. Know? And for me, and again, not saying you, you don't do this, but very, very important to everything I do in my life, not mm-hmm. just this work, is very action based. Anyone that knows me knows mm. that when I say it, it's probably happening. Yeah. Two minutes later. Right. So. <laughs> The action component of this is really important for me. Yes. And I think for people who experience discrimination, that's that point where they're mm-hmm. like, stop telling me what you're going to do. Yeah. Do something. Right? right. And so for me, my background's actually more business. It's, mm. you know, I saw my um, I my master's degree is in organizational development and leadership. Right. Mm. So it's it's really about what is change management? Mm. What does it mean to 
have buy-in for organizations and people when going through change. That's the fundamental like concept of change management yeah. as it relates to organizations. And then my doctorate's in educational leadership and strategic planning, right? Yeah. So that the combination of thinking about mm -hmm. equity and inclusion through like the lenses at which you're naming mixed with actual practices for creating transformational change organizationally through policy and practice totally is so important mm -hmm. because so much of this work around equity is like you're going to have a trainer come in and do one training once a year and you're going to check it off your list yeah no shade and we need more right and i'm sorry i'm going to say for me it is a little shade <laughs> okay and, but like but like healthy shade totally pick it up up the ante right like that's the point of this whole thing which we'll yes. talk about the name right <laughs> yes i wanted to just highlight that we while we each are coming from these perspectives, we also share those things a little bit. Totally. Um, so like you're coming with organizational or organizational structural. What are the best practices here and how can we make it happen? And I'm also bringing the lived experience, like what's happening at the individual level. Totally. And so in the solutions that we provide to people, totally. it's a combination of those. And I think that we model really well for people that we're gonna try to at least give a solution. Always. And yes. we're ready for it to be wrong and be critiqued. <laughs> totally. We have to give totally. it a go, pals. Totally. Welcome in. Totally. We have to start to be able to be bold enough, be courageous enough. Yeah. BE, blueprint evolution, here we go with the Bs. <laughs> but um, I think that we model that really well for yeah. the folks that we work with and our clients because people need some type of a, a starting place totally. and we're really open and ready and welcoming of being the starting place it not landing right and now we have something to critique and edit and improve well it has to be that way because our whole thing is around customizing right, right? because no one is the same no no issue is the same right and <clears throat> if you're not having that dynamic like mobility in mm -hmm. in what you're practicing mm -hmm. it, it's not it's not sustainable like mm -hmm. it, we need to be flexible and agile right yeah. but I, I do love that you're that you bring that individual perspective into the conversation and I think you know both of us having our own unique identities helps inform you know it, we bring our lived experience and the you know the limitations of those experiences too to the dialogue right so yeah. when we talk about strategic planning or organizational change it is never through the lens of inclusion yeah i don't know how they're done differently because they're not different and <laughs> right. so our whole thing is that right you cannot effectively create transformational organizational change management if you didn't do it through the lens of inclusion through the lens of equity justice anti-racism which we'll unpack for you in all these episodes but that's the core right it doesn't work which is what we're seeing people are finally in the workplace saying actually i'm all set yeah i'm not gonna work for you and and i think that's what i love about our dynamic too is you know we are 10 years apart which isn't that much time mm -mm. but i when i was going into the workforce i was like please hire me i'm i'm you know I, i'm like thank god i got the job yeah you know as like a trans queer person yeah and i was like grateful for the opportunity what we're seeing now for people is you don't respect me i'm not mm -hmm. working for you and i'm over That's here like slow feel. clapping like <laughs> i'm learning so much. i'm like thank god for you because you're 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 reminding us of what what was supposed to be right the whole time. Yeah. And we were like we didn't get that. But because we were afraid. 
Well, and we being like, you know, I, not to overgeneralize, but go ahead. Can I push back on that a little bit? Please. I don't think that it was something that you all didn't work towards because the only Agreed. way that my generation totally. was able to do it was because of totally. the folks in your generation and above and above who allow us to build upon that. Totally. Um, you started to talk a little bit about identities mm. and as we're kind of giving this primer of who we are and how we enter the world, right. we often will talk about how our identities, our social identities are important and relevant because they talk about our relationship to power. Totally. Would you be able to, so you, you name some of your identities, but are there other parts of your identity or things that you want to elaborate on that are important for anyone who wants to listen in and hear more about how our perspective looks at uh, some of the contemporary issues that we're facing, how that shows up. Sure. I mean, you know, I think I also want to say, too, is identity is also ever changing for, <laughs> for many people. And I think yes. for me, you know, I'm also in this moment of my life in the middle of my like transformation of my human self, too. Yeah. Right? So I, you know, I've spent most of my life identifying as um a woman, as someone who was in the LGBTQ community. I start, I've recently, in the last five years, come out as transgender. So I use he and they pronouns now. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, as I am working through my transition, you know, there is, it's like I'm actively navigating yeah. the changes of my person as it relates to the world, right? Mm. So, you know, spending most of my life in one gender, right? And now being perceived in the world as a as a white man is a whole different entry point into this conversation. Yeah. So so other identities, I'm white, I am a transgender, I use he and they pronouns. Again, I'm sure we'll have an episode on, you know. Oh, trust and believe we will, please. Because <laughs> again, working through like what the actual identity is for myself right now is we're we're working through that, right? Yeah. Transmasculine lands for me, non-binary sometimes does, but not as much as it did before, right? So it's yeah. complicated for me right now. Yeah. And I think we'll talk about that too in upcoming episodes about holding multiple truths, yeah. right? Holding these nuances and allowing ourselves to just show up and yeah. and try to kind of navigate and evolve. So yeah, yeah. So it's 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 a change for me too, and it's also been really interesting taking this like newer experience mm. going back into workforces. Mm. And you're highlighting this duality of identity mm -hmm. where it's mm -hmm. something you're claiming about yourself and it's how you're being perceived in the world. It's who you are and how the world sees you. Which are very different. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so who am I is yours. Uh -huh. Who am I in relation to the world? Different. Different and Could they're be. both social identity. Totally. Um, yeah, which I think is yeah. it's just important because for, for us to name because that's how we are always talking about identity. And there are a lot of trainings and workshops out there that are about social identities. Um, and I don't know if all of them take that stance. So I think it was important for us to totally. define that for our listeners. Totally. Um, yeah, and I, I definitely think, you know, just to linger here for a second, that does inform so much of how I process work today. Mm -hmm. You know, I think as I'm transitioning and, you know, really finding my myself, I it's also given me a whole different level of patience and empathy, right? Yeah. Like anyone that has known me my whole life would be like, are you patient? Well, <laughs> but I do think that yeah. clients feel like I'm, I'm really generous with time and I'm yeah. generous with thoughts and I'm always willing to kind of like 
back to your point about customizing. Mm. Like we're gonna try. That's your point, actually. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Going back to like trying it. If yeah. it doesn't work, we can adapt and adjust. And I think I actually think that's been a reflection of self more yeah. than anything. This like generosity mm. in guys, come on. Like we really need to pick this up, I and know. it's never too late. Oh, you know, it's say never it too again. <laughs> it's never too you know. And I, but I think that's a self thing. Mm. Like as I'm, I'm really settling into like my person yeah you know yeah thanks for that yeah. and when i think about my identities and how they show up in this work one of the things that i really reflect on i think it's so important is my own personal understanding of who i am mm. and my journey towards healing parts of myself totally is like the it, it's the most central point of how i enter this work um it has to be it has to it be. It has to be. Yes. Sorry to interrupt you. No, I was just getting excited and I wanted Same. to bring up a concept, um, but I don't think it's the the time and place. We'll, we'll talk about um, eradicating two. the mm. internalized oppressor that lives within each of us at a different <laughs> episode. So um, <laughs> catch that <Stay> one. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think. Yeah. In addition to seeing what you were, uh, what I heard you say earlier about how equity and justice is foundational to creating communities that and workplaces mm -hmm. that honor mm -hmm. the full lived experience, the full experience of employees is very similar to the fact that we also need to heal ourselves at this foundational level because the way in which mm. I receive someone else, the way in which I'm able to actually honor their full self is only going to be reflective of the way that I can honor and, and be honest about my whole self. Sure. And similarly to you, I'm a queer person and a non-binary person. And that has been, as you named, something that's developed for me in my identity. Um, and you know, certainly that a part of that journey for me um, has really been informed by your support mm. and the, like the way in which you've been able to share parts of your journey with me gave me room and space to process that for myself. Mm. And once I was able to name that for me, to be like, woman isn't like totally it. It's got some cute stuff that I'm absolutely about. Right. <laughs> and... It's true. I love you so there's much. there's so much of womanness and femininity, yeah. which are two different things, which again we'll talk about soon. Yeah. Um we but, will unpack everything. Yes. Um, but there's so much about those things that are so me. Mm -hmm. And as I was growing up and understanding who I was, I felt like I really had to reject those things about totally. myself because the uh, the identity of woman or girl. And everything that it came with, right? Remember the, those two pieces of how I claimed it and how the world receives woman mm. wasn't working, working for me. Mm -mm. And so once I was able to <laughs> heal that part of me, mm -hmm. right, to say, this isn't working anymore. Mm. What does work? Who is Sydney? Mm. Let's get to know them again. Mm. What are we feeling inside? And to find a, a healthier relationship with the feminine parts of myself, a healthy relationship with the masculine or, or androgynous parts of myself. And I've truly never felt more centered in how I think about myself. And I wonder how, when I didn't have that clarity, mm. how 
I held people to the same standard that I wasn't happy in. Totally. So if I'm critiquing myself totally. for not hitting the expectations of womanness, mm. I wonder how I showed up for other people, mm. maybe women in my life, who also weren't doing that. And I played out the the conversation that I'm supposed that I was supposed to be having with me with them. And so now that I have healed those parts of me and I have more clarity, I'm better able to extend patience. Mm. I'm better able to not hold people to the standards that the world held me to. Mm. So that's what I think about it. I think that's an amazing thought. Yeah, and I agree with you. You know, I think for us, and I, I think you'd agree with this, but tell me if you do, you know, for us, it's really just about expanding the empathy, mm. right? But with not without being blind to or overlooking mm. poor behavior, right? Like, I want to be very clear. Something that is important to us is, like, we hold a standard. Yeah. Like, we hold a line. We have a perspective. We have a point of view. And we have a line. And we will tell you, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we will, we will not let things go, right? But I definitely think there's a difference between, like, calling out and helping develop. Yeah. Right. And so we are the we are the people that are helping you develop. Yeah. But we are calling you out and holding you accountable while we do it. But in a way where we're in relationship with you, because I think empathy really centers our own experiences. Yes. And again, living in a time where we're, we're, everything is very polarized. Mm. You either think this way or that way. You are right or you are wrong or you are with me or you're against me. And I just I don't think we feel that way. I feel mm -hmm. like we feel like the solution is together respectfully yeah and how we do that and how we get people to really see that like not everybody has the same access not everybody can show up and mm -hmm. just be you know not everybody can just be in a nine to five job there are some people that are carrying trauma home with them from work every day that's important to talk about yeah right there's a disadvantage happening and you know and I think we just want to you know create put it in the space for people mm -hmm. to say like we, we can't be avoiding this you know it's it's great that you might see it, but to your point, are you seeing it and doing something? Yeah. I'm wondering if you could share like an anecdote or something that's happened in your experience that has led you to develop that kind of perspective. Like when you're saying about this like bringing together and this centering in community, I think that there are a lot of people that yeah. are interested in, in having that. Right. And we're living in a pretty hyper individualized world. Right. And so I'm wondering if you could talk, if you have a story or like an anecdote about how you were able to have this perspective. About be coming together. Yeah. I just think it's foundational. You know, I think that living personally in the identities that I carry has been complicated. You know, for mm. me, it's been a hard journey. You know, I have a lot of privilege in my life in a lot of ways. And it has been difficult. Mm. And so I think for me, um, like the isolation I felt and the loneliness I have felt in my own identities, I don't want to feel that way. Yeah. Like I need help. Mm. And and I don't think I could ask for that until, what time is it? Until five <laughs> minutes ago, right? Like yeah. I'm just learning how to say I need help mm. because I can't do this on my own, right? Because I I don't have the community support that I need and I need people who don't have those identities to step up with me. Yeah. Right? And so I think philosophically and through my lived experience, you know, I think catch me 10 years ago, I wouldn't be like, I could do this alone. Yeah. Maybe, but I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to do it alone. Like I, 
I want to have people that are checking in and asking me how I'm doing and remembering things that are important to me yeah. because I'm also that person for them, right? Like I think mm -hmm. I'm labeled often by people in my life as like a hype person. Yeah. I could not be more pumped for everybody. So true. You are absolutely Thank that you. person for me. And I'm, anytime I, something good happens in my life, I'm like, got to tell Alex. Yeah. My, my partner had some really great news last week and uh, I was like, Alex, yes. she did it. Yeah. <laughs> and so I knew that like, to your point, like you are absolutely uh, somebody who embodies community so mm. earnestly. Oh, thank you for saying that. Yeah, yeah, you know that. I feel that way about you. Well, actually, I don't think you've ever said that. But Stop. No, but thank you for saying that. Okay. It means a lot to me because it is important to me because yeah. I've never felt like I had it. Yeah. You know, so I'm, I think for me, I try to just, I try to maintain that. Like, I want to be in community with people. I want to bring people into my journey. But I didn't really know how to do that until I was a little older. Mm -hmm. I also... Have, I'm still working through my identities, right? So it's an ever-evolving thing for me. But I know what loneliness feels like. Yeah. It's a very close relationship. And yeah. so that doesn't work. I also think you can translate that into organizations, yeah. right? Like people, when you can mobilize people and you can get them to buy in, mm -hmm. again, back to the foundations of organizational change, buy yeah. in and trust are the two most important things. In, in, buy in and trust. Buy in and trust. If people don't believe you, they don't trust you and they're not bought in. Name, think of it to yourselves, right? That just pause and think. Mm -hmm. What organizations are you bought into? Mm -hmm. You're you're not. You're kind of you're like, oh, it's just a paycheck. I need the job. They don't really care. Yeah. You know, and I think that <clears throat> when you trans when you translate that type of how are we building community inside of our the place we spend our most time, <laughs> that that's a transformational thing. And so I again I think, you know, some of the work that I've done in my like first career where mm. like, you know, building communities or, you know, I've, I've been able to, you know, build centers on campuses for diverse people. Right. So like inclusion centers, that's been mm -hmm. important to, to attract people. campuses like college, college campuses. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then with organizations too, you know, making sure we're delivering the information to people and then really building ongoing pockets of community. So people feel like they can. Yeah. You know, because I think this work is scary work. You know, mm -hmm. people, not only it is urgent. Can I, I, can I add a caveat? Please. It's scary for people who haven't had the lived experience to have to do it already. Sure. It's scary for people to choose it. Yes. And, and I think it's also scary for the people living it. Because yes. it no, is that's so true. urgent. That's very you true. Know, like, it's not like we're disagreeing about pizza. Mm -hmm. It's like my life. My well-being is on the line here. And yeah. how do I withstand this? Yeah. So it's it's this twofold, like, yeah. tenseness together. And I think the more people that you can talk to about this, the more people that you can have these, like, really respectful dialogues with, yeah. the more you're like, oh, this doesn't need to be mm -hmm. as scary. And it is scary, right? It's yeah. like all those things are true. Yeah. I wanted to say that I really appreciate you talking about loneliness Ugh. because – I think a lot of people resonate with that. I do too. Um, and where do you ever hear people talking about that? I know. Nobody's talking about and it. And like statistically, My a lot gosh. of the data that we're seeing is showing that especially our youngest generation, yes. they are oh identifying their loneliness at higher rates than ever before. Yep. And I think that having the chutzpah enough to be able to say, I'm feeling disconnected and I'm feeling really lonely in our incredibly globalized world. Yeah. That's really important to to say. And then the other thing that I was hearing you name was this 
journey of development mm. about learning some of these pieces. Mm. And I wanted to also make sure that we had an opportunity to talk about how this way of thinking and this way of being uh. has not always been the the way in which we've moved in the world. No. Like it's it's taken work. Yeah. It's it's taken some intention. Totally. Um, I think that the 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 context through which I was raised gave me a lot of foundational concepts of how to do this. Mm. But figuring out a way to live this in, in in such a bold way takes effort. And uh, the older version of me uh. is so proud of this version of me. Mm. And I embrace both of them. Mm. I embrace both of those mm. parts of me. Mm -hmm. um, Alex, you know this, but I grew up in Northern Jersey. Um, if you are smelling like the gabagool or like something in garlic and onion, you're in the right spot. That's my family's house. But are you an Eagles fan? I am now because right, I live in for Philadelphia. The show, we must be Eagles fans. I'm sorry, Dad. No birds. I'm sorry, Dad. No, no shade to the Jets. Um, my Jets, dad's oh, a, Jets. Oh yeah, my oh, my wow, dad's a big wow. Jets fan. As right. is my uh, my brother-in-law. Maybe we'll and, have your dad on the show. Yeah, and my sister was a uh, a Jets cheerleader too. Really? Yeah, and Eagles. But I had no idea. Yeah, she. Cool. Uh, my my family um, comes from. Uh, they're all dancers, actually. I had no idea. Yeah. Funny. Anyway. But so that context. Gabagool. Back to Gabagool. Back to the Gabagool. <laughs> Um, being Italian American and being uh, Catholic were are two of the most salient parts of mm. my context and my upbringing. Can you say it again? That I'll say I will the say two, it again. Those two again. I was raised Catholic, yeah, and I am Italian American, mm -hmm. and those two parts of my identity informed mm -hmm. so much of how I moved through the world. Mm. Um, almost every space I was in was Italian-American. Mm. My faith community, my school, I saw my cousins three to four times a week, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays, definitely. And being in that community was, while I was living it, great. I was getting such a rich understanding of what it meant to be Italian-American. Mm. And at the same time, I don't think I had a great opportunity to understand where the difference was. I didn't have a great opportunity to understand people who were raised in a different religious background. And that foundation that I learned from my family and the values that they tried to instill in me, um, and they did, I think, um, have been the foundation of how I do this work now. Mm. Even though I mm. now I identify as like culturally Catholic, like it was a part of my experience. It's not necessarily a part of um, anything that I intentionally do now, but to, to understand that this journey has moved for me. This hasn't been something that was explicitly taught to me. Mm. I've had to learn it along the way. Yeah. And I've had to make meaning of Everything. the way in which I was socialized yeah. to be where I am now. Yeah, and we're going to talk about this actually in um, in our second episode about this, like, this exact point you're making around you're not just – we didn't just learn how – like, we don't just know how to – talk about hard things yeah. it's been a life practice and commitment right so yeah. talking about like the the intentional and the ongoing nature like yeah. the, the commitment to saying i want to learn and yeah. do better um wait real quick though too i want to yeah. go back to saying about the the point about loneliness too oh yes please um i also want to say that part of 
part of our work is also we believe people. Mm. So when people tell us that they're struggling, we are not trying to understand it. We are saying, okay, how can we support you? Yeah. Right. And so that's also part of this. And I think for yourselves, like, and we're going to talk about this in our next episode, so definitely stay tuned. But this idea of you might not understand, but it doesn't mean we can't be in in uh, support of compassion with, um, you know, committed to that ongoing learning. So I think, you know, just just kind of reminding people that, like, you might not understand what's happening yeah. in other people's lives, but mm-hmm. it's not yours to validate. Mm. We believe people in our work. Mm. Like at Blueprint, we believe you when you're saying this is happening to me. Mm-hmm. And we're not we have no like it doesn't even land for me to say, like, I'm going to it's mine to validate or not. My, yeah. my truth is mine, mm-hmm. you know, and we and I think we empower people to feel whatever it is they're feeling and experiencing. And we're just saying, great, how can we support you? And if I can bring it back to my uh, story earlier about gender, if I have truths about myself mm. that I am choosing to validate or not, that's going to impact my ability to extend just acceptance of truth of others. Totally. And I think that in our work together, we see that at the individual level. We see it at the interpersonal level of the way that folks engage with one another. And we come up with solutions for the institutional practices of what that looks like. Totally. Um, Which I think makes us brilliant. I think that our work (laughs) is fantastic. Yeah. And um, Mm -hmm. it's important. It's really important. And it gives me a lot of like a real sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, oh, what's the word in uh, the the Jesuit Catholics when you're doing work that it, a vocation, vocation, a vocation, oh, for sure. this work really does feel vocational sure. in the sense that it really feels purposeful. Mm-hmm. It feels like this is my offering to our community being the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think that that's really special. Yeah. And there are plenty of ways to exist in the world where doing work um, and the work that we do is something to support that vocation elsewhere. Totally. But doing this work at Blueprint fills that for me. Huh. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I love having you. Thanks. All right. So I feel like are you okay if we're wrapping? Yeah, I feel like we okay. talked about so There's much, one... which we always do. <laughs> yeah, and I want to talk about one more thing. Yeah. Just to kind of like as we close and then give a little pitch for the sep- second episode. Does that feel good to you? Yeah, but don't forget to wrap us up and be like, these are the things I that won't. we talked about because we really went all over the okay. place. <laughs> okay. The final thing I'll say for our first episode and welcome is is around the name. So we. Oh yes. The, the name of our podcast, as we mentioned in the beginning, is called Up the Ante, spelled A N T I, right? And the idea here is that we're playing off of this idea of like raising the standard, right? Mm. So anti, right? So up the anti and we're spelling it anti, A-N-T-I, is like anti-racism, anti-homophobia, anti-transphobia, right? It's this idea that we're trying to really up Mm. the standard around what we are expecting in spaces for equity and inclusion. Mm -hmm. So again, we talked about today in our first episode, again, we're just so thankful to be here. So thank you for being with us. Um, We did a little intro of ourselves, we talked about the journey of Blueprint and, and really started just modeling this idea that, you know, we are creating communities of action with people, right? This customized understanding of their of their needs and, and where they're going. 
we gave you a little bit about ourselves. Um, and then, you know, in our next episode, we're really going to be talking about, you know, what lays the the pillars of our of our mm. thought partnership. Right. Yeah. So you're hearing a little bit of this dialogue for right now. We're really going to explore that in um, episode two to really start pitching us up for our guests, our roundtable discussions on, you know, really current and um, complicated topics. But we just wanted to say thank you. Um, thank you again for having us. We really hope that um, you join us for for future episodes. Um, you can follow us on, for, you can follow us and subscribe for free on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Um, please, again, don't forget the spelling is A-N-T-I. And you can go to our website at blueprintevolution.com for episodes, blogs, resources, uh, training material, et cetera. But again, we're so happy to have you. Uh, we're so thankful for what we get to do in mm -hmm. the world. And uh, we hope that you stay with us. Do you have anything to add? No, just uh, I'll offer some gratitude as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to to do this. And I hope that this episode that gave some people insight into how we see the world, get ready to see how we apply that. Yes. To what's happening in the world, too. All right. Thank you, everyone. Up the ante. Bye. Bye. <laughs>